prepare your body to learn. Why did that make all of my orifices tight all of a sudden? Oh. Like, everything was like, <laughs> It is the verbal donkey punch, I suppose. Hello, and welcome to the Four Color Nerds Cut the Cord podcast, episode number 21. I'm Ryan, and I'm joined by some other streaming media nerds in this corner. We've got the Texas Terror, Hannah with an H. Howdy, y'all! Hannah, are you ready to podcast? Yeah. And in this corner, we've got the British Blitz, the Grand Slam, our own DJ Old English, Alistair. Hello! Alistair, are you ready to podcast? Yes! <laughs> then let's start the main event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wow, you are hopelessly bad at this, Ryan. <laughs> I'm going to demonstrate. Hello, and welcome to the Four Color Nerds Cut the Cord Podcast. That's what we're looking at. You didn't give yourself a cool name. I have never had a nickname in my entire life. That's how boring I am. Well, how about Mr. Enthusiastic? Mr. Enthusiastic! Ryan, the active accountant! (laughs) (laughs) Active is a good wrestling adjective, right? (laughs) Get along, little doggy! What a horrible catchphrase. Texas Terror. Oh, catchphrase. Fish and chips. Something British. Crikey. You got like a cricket bat in the ring or something. <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> Together we take on television for those who have cast off the tyranny of their local cable provider. Each week we gather here to find a great show to watch from the often overwhelming variety of shows to choose from. We review the prior week's selection, then we pick a new show, and then we do it all over again. <sighs> and the crowd goes wild. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. <laughs> Buddy, you're a young man, hard man, running through the street. <laughs> We're entirely too hyper right now. I'm halfway through a Baja Blast, I'm just saying. This week's show is Netflix's Glow. Our companion song is The Warrior by Scandal, so let's take a listen. I feel empowered by that song. The music is awesome on this show. It's so good. It's like an awesome 80s cassette mix. It's pretty darn good. So Netflix's Glow is the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's a fictionalized account of that show. Which was actually a show. I did not know that until after I finished it. Oh, yes, it was. It was always kind of the bad segment on the wrestling shows on Saturday. It was subpar, Mm. to be honest. The last fight of this episode was like better than any (laughs) match I ever saw on Glow. This is a very fictionalized version of kind of the behind the scenes and origin story of it, if you will. Wait, did you just say Glow? is real yes you think it's fake <laughs> i think it's fake <laughs> well it, it is isn't it oh i suppose that's as good of a segue as any into the promised story of one of the two fist fights i've ever been in my <laughs> life over pro wrestling so in order to tell this story we have to get in the way back machine that i've got over here okay. keep your arms and legs inside during the time travel do, 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 do. We'll head back to the mid 80s 
So this story, you have to imagine a young Ryan, a very shy, fat little kid. <laughs> Who's going to his new school. So I'm very nervous about this. I've got everything I need for school. I've got my shirt with the alligator on mm. it. Very important in the 80s. Oh, yeah. the Lacoste? Lacoste. Well, I was still poor, oh, so oh, no. no. It was not. Right. But it was close enough. Lacoste. Lacoste. <laughs> yeah. But most important to this story is I had a Hulk Hogan lunchbox that I'd gotten that summer. And I'd actually taken it to the county fair with me and it had been signed by the Hulkster wow. himself. Holy shit. So, yeah. This is the first day of school at the new school and when i tell this story just keep in mind this is the 80s kids are terrible some of the things they're going to say to me in this story are not exactly okay a little content warning i guess for this story here so i've got my hulk hogan lunchbox it's metal it's got a thermos in it it's awesome yeah it's probably one of my most prized possessions at this time i'm a little hulkamaniac I love wrestling, and I absolutely believe that it is real. Again, kids are stupid, so I don't think it's real anymore, but at the time, I was convinced it was real. For this school that we were at, you had to line up outside the lunchroom and be let in bit by bit. I don't know why they did that, but that's how they did it. Yeah, they still do that. And there was this kid who was like probably in the fifth grade, so he's a much bigger kid, and he's being a total asshole to me. First, he's like, hey, fatty, does that shirt come with a training bra? I'm like, what the? So that pisses me off, first of all. And I, I can hear my grandfather's voice in my head telling me, don't start anything, but don't take anything. Yeah. If the person's just talking, you know, just using words, you just use words. If they start punching, you start punching. So I'm keeping all this in mind. <laughs> so I'm just kind of holding it down. And then he starts in with, you're going to give me your lunch. No, I'm what? not. You just told me I'm a fat kid. And now you're asking me for my lunch. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> then he notices the lunchbox. So he's like, hey, faggot, did your boyfriend get you that? And I'm like, okay, I don't even know what that means because I'm like in second or third grade. <laughs> but I know it's bad. Yeah. So I'm pretty pissed off. And then he's like, you know, wrestling's fake, right? So all these other things I had kind of stuffed down and took, but that was a line too far <laughs> for me. For little Ryan. Little Ryan. I don't know if you've ever seen a little nerd snap in an explosion oh, of rage. So it was basically you went across. Christmas story on him. Yeah, I barreled into him. And like I said, I was a pretty big kid. So I kind of knocked him <laughs> down on the ground and I was sitting on top of his chest. My legs and knees are on his arms so he can't hit back. <laughs> and I'm punching him and punching him. Oh I don't know how long it takes a lunch lady to notice that <laughs> and get over there. Sometimes it takes a while. <laughs> but in that time, I managed to, I don't know if I actually broke his nose, but he definitely had a bloody <sighs> nose. And I did actually break my hand because I hit the asphalt <gasps> a few times. Yeah, I was pissed. He had insulted wrestling <laughs> and that was too much for me. So then as she's dragging me off of him, I pick up the lunchbox and I hit him in the face <laughs> again with it and ask him, is it real now? <laughs> So that was the start of my school year. I didn't get bullied after that. Ah, <laughs> oh, wonderful. That's really wonderful. See, when a girl flips out like that, then they just make fun of her more afterward. <laughs> I wouldn't say it won me a bunch of friends, but... Nobody fucked with you after that. No, not really. On all those shows that I loved as a kid, Glow was kind of a segment that they had where the lady wrestlers would come out and do their stuff. They may have had their own show also, but the Saturday morning wrestling that I watched, it was a segment that was on there. So the fictionalized version was created by Liz Flaheve and Carly Mensch. I'm sure I'm 
messing those names up. They are part of the creative team behind Orange is the New Black. They were actually looking for another woman-centric show and caught a Glow documentary and decided to kind of fictionalize the account of it and make their show. Yeah. So our main characters, you've got Allison Brie, who you probably recognize from Mad Men and Community. She plays Ruth, Zoya the Destroyer. <laughs> Wilder. She's this very serious actor, overdramatic, <laughs> who tries out all different kinds of characters throughout the show until they settle on the Russian menace that she plays. Which is an outstanding damn character. Yeah. You know, she doesn't look intimidating at all throughout the show. And then when you finally see her in her costume, she looks pretty awesome. She looks pretty awesome. Yeah. So then you also have uh, Betty Gilpin from Nurse Jackie, who's Debbie Liberty Bell Egan, who's kind of the all-American protagonist of the show. She and... Ruth are actually friends and there's a conflict between them that fuels their animosity towards each other. There's betrayal and sex and affairs. We can talk about that. This is a review show. We'll talk about it in a minute. I'm getting excited. I do apologize. <laughs> Hold him back. <laughs> Hold him back. <laughs> so you have Sadell No as Cherry Junk Chain Bang. She's kind of the stunt woman trainer for the show. And they actually have a kind of an interesting plot with her that's kind of cruel in its way about her miscarriage she oh had some other stuff. It seemed a little out of place. So then you have Brittany Young as Carmen Machu Picchu Wade. She's kind of almost the Andre the Giant character in this. She comes from a wrestling family. Mm -hmm. She's a really big woman. She knows more about wrestling than any of the other people. She has kind of the industry connections. But her family doesn't want her to wrestle because she's a, girl. a woman and she kind of has to struggle against that. Which is actually a pretty satisfying mm -hmm. storyline. And then you've got Mark Marin as Sam Silva who's the producer, director of this show. Kind of an alcohol coke addict. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah. He does something nice and then immediately does something awful. He's a washed up B, well B would probably be generous, yeah. B horror movie director who's trying to put this together. Then you have a whole bunch of other wrestlers that are in here. Some of my favorites, I really like Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> who's this kind of British airhead who they bill as the... The smartest woman in the world. <laughs> Let's just say she's not. No. <laughs> You've got Beirut the Mad Bomber, oh. who reminds me a lot of someone who I was truly terrified as a child, which is the Iron Sheep. Oh, yeah. dreaded camel clutch. <laughs> oh. Uh. oh, yeah. <laughs> just sounds sexual. <laughs> It's funny. Have you ever seen a camel clutch? No. It's not that. <laughs> and that character is actually not Middle Eastern. Yeah. But they're like, you're brown. It's close enough. Yep. It's the 80s. Yep. Using all the stereotypes. Oh, here. yeah. You also have uh, a character called the Welfare Queen, yeah. who they use, who's a strong, big black woman who... It's interesting to see her torn between the stereotypes and challenging the stereotypes yeah. and how she uses that platform a little bit, but also kind of embraces the over-the-top stereotypes that are in there. Nature of it, yeah. Yeah, and Kia Stevens, the actress who plays Teme, the welfare queen Dawson, uh, was actually on Glow, apparently. So Glow is the story of the founding of this Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which is Sam Silva's attempt to cash in on the wrestling craze that's sweeping America that's really big. But he has almost no money and no budget and terrible ideas <laughs> for it. Yeah. So he holds this open casting call where you get all of these actresses who can't find their correct roles for them and these athletes who don't have anywhere to go and they come together and start learning to wrestle. There's all kinds of conflicts on the show. The initial one is between Ruth and Debbie. Ruth and Debbie are best friends and you find out that Ruth has slept with Debbie's husband mm -hmm. and Debbie finds out about it and there's actually this totally pro wrestling scene where Debbie figures out what's happened and she shows up at the match during one of the auditions and fights her in the ring. Yes. <laughs> 
kick your ass. I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> and meanwhile, Sam Sylvia is having visions of girls fighting and yeah. his dreams of making this a reality. So they have their conflict. At first, they don't want to work together, but that kind of hatred that they have for each other fuels their on-screen relationship that they have. So it makes them actually a really good pair to wrestle together. So that's kind of interesting to see it play out. And you get a lot of stuff with her husband and how he has, they both kind of neglected each other and mm-hmm. the dysfunction of that relationship is in there as well. It's a good plot point there. You get a lot of these characters. It's funny, this arc they take from being very stereotypical characters into more complex and then embracing the wrestling stereotype that they come to embody, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, everyone here does have... Everyone has kind of their own arc here that they're on. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a moment where Debbie, who used to be on a soap opera, she's at a wrestling match watching it, trying to figure out what it's about, and she's asking people what the backstory is. Like, why are these people fighting? And they start telling her this complex story of betrayal. <laughs> and like love and jilting and mind control. <laughs> mind controlling the girlfriend. Comas. <laughs> which immediately made me think of Randy Macho Man Savage and Miss Elizabeth, which was a saga that I was totally caught up in oh. in the WWF. So she's watching this match and she realizes that this is soap opera and she knows how to do that. And this show is actually has a lot of those elements in it as well. It's very dramatic as it goes on. <laughs> yeah. It's a soap opera. Well, the whole show is like a soap opera. Well, yeah. Making a soap opera. The show is really full of 80s nostalgia. There's a robot that has cocaine inside. Yes! The robot has drugs! <laughs> <laughs> it's like Johnny Five with like a tray of drugs. <laughs> I really don't think you could sum up the mid '80s any better. Than any that. better than Bash's drug robot, <laughs> <laughs> and then they eventually use it. It becomes Britannica's little sidekick, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I really did enjoy Britannica as a character. She's very funny. Yeah. I have to give a shout out to yeah. that character for sure. I also really enjoyed the subplot with the wolf. Yes. The she-wolf that they had. <laughs> Sheila the she-wolf. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so awkward. So she's this kind of like feral character who's basically is not playing a character. She just is this strange person. This is herself. That's her. I don't know if she's an other kin or that's her fursona. She's an early furry. Oh, wow. Wait. Oh my god, this is a whole lot of thing, isn't it? This is another part of Life's Rich Tapestry, yep. which I'm not yet familiar with, isn't it? She has the soul of a wolf trapped inside a human's body. So there's actually a moment where she and Ruth are having this big argument, and Ruth uh, calls her damned wolf or something to that effect. Yeah. And she's like, thank you. Aww. Thank you for calling me a wolf and not a freak. I appreciate that. Yeah. So that's kind of how they become friends. Yeah, she only goes and leaves a dead squirrel in the back. Yeah. That's how that comes out. <laughs> Oh my god. Like at one point, Ruth is looking for a hat and Sheila's like, oh, well, I could kill an animal in the woods. And she's like, there's woods in Southern California? And she's like, well, you know, there's some trees. It's a junkyard and they have shrubbery. They really definitely developed Sheila a lot and I appreciated it. Yes. So as this show goes on, you have all these different plot twists and family drama of various different kinds that are completely worthy of a soap opera mm-hmm. that are taking place here until it all culminates in the final match that they have where Liberty Bell has decided that she's not going to, to wrestle and they have the big match with the two characters who are the communist characters. Mm-hmm. I have their big tag team match and then at the end 
and the communists win and everyone's booing at them. And it was actually really cool to see the audience get caught up in the storyline. Yeah, they slowly get actually into it. They end up being paid to be there, which apparently happens in LA. Like you can be out on the street and they're like, hey, we need bodies. Here's $10. Come see this show. Could you come and sit in the seat? The woman who's playing Beirut the Mad Bomber. Ugh. The people are like actually spitting yeah. at her and they throw beer cans at her. It was kind of an interesting where everybody was sort of just brushing off how truly offensive this character is and how... That's essential to wrestling, though. The racism and the stereotyping. Oh, yeah. In the conceit of the story, though, it literally happened after the hijacking in Beirut, Mm -hmm. remember, in the story. Yep. So it's actually fresh in people's minds and like people would have extra reason to dislike her. It's not because she was Asian. She's Indian. Yeah. What continent is... Uh... <laughs> That's close enough. Like, I firmly believe they would have cast a Native American, mm. a Hispanic girl. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's brown would have fit that role at that time and worked just fine. It was the 80s. The 80s was a, not a complex time. You had all the people here that you were supposed to hate. You had, you know, your Middle Eastern terrorist. You had... You're Russian. You had the Chinese you had you had a welfare queen the welfare who has so much money from the government and is leeching off of everyone and and just is throwing her food stamps everywhere so all of the stereotyped characters they have this moment of is this okay what is empowerment and what is exploitation like where is this line and am I crossing it and they're crossing it oh yeah it was actually nice to see the welfare queen and junk chain have their moment and wrestle (laughs) some members of the KKK. Like, they kept subverting it, which I thought was fabulous. And when the welfare queen gets on national television for the premiere of the show, she does actually go after Reagan. She and like does. The cycle of poverty they're trapped in. So she's kind of using that platform a little bit. Yeah, she has a little opportunity there and she takes it. But she definitely is conflicted mm-hmm. about it. She's saying her son is going to college and doesn't want him to turn on the TV and, see and be that. embarrassed of seeing his mom. Yeah. Sam, who's a pretty terrible director, (laughs) he's telling her that they're subverting these roles, that they're literally going to be wrestling with these stereotypes and America's going to, you know, both buy into and have to come to grips with those types. So he's got this lofty ideal for his schlocky B-level wrestling that's going on. Yeah. I don't know if he believes it or not, but I think that is enough to convince her. He wants her to believe it. Also, you know, getting paid. Yay. I think that's kind of the crappy part of a ending up being in Hollywood, I guess. Like, I can't speak to it personally, but I hear it from people who are like, yeah, I'm a little person and I had to play an Oompa Loompa and I didn't like it, but got to keep the lights on. And a lot of these women who are here, they really don't have a place in society. Yeah. Some of them are just weird enough that like the she-wolf, that they are a character that can easily be put on screen. Some of them are kind of failed actresses who haven't been able to make it. Some of them are actually Olympic level athletes that there is no career after. He was supposed to be Liberty Bell. And he literally takes her medals from around her neck. They are my medals. (laughs) 
and places it around the neck of the pretty soap opera star Debbie Egan. We were talking a little bit about the stereotypes and tropes that they use and I don't know it sounds like you guys maybe didn't watch as much wrestling in the 80s but every character in professional wrestling really can be summed up in one sentence they distill that thing you're just supposed to love or hate into its physical embodiment. You get to see good triumph over evil and evil crush good and then good comes back. It is a soap opera that they're building and the characters can't be too complex for that to work. You're literally supposed to almost like 1984 the two minute hate like you're supposed to focus. Yeah you're just supposed to hate. You're supposed to focus all of this energy into these characters into these effigies these living effigies Mm. you know and you can kind of see what people are afraid of or concerned about based on professional wrestling characters. Yeah. It's actually kind of a good pulse of America's like subconscious fears. So are you saying that I should watch wrestling in order to understand the American working man? I don't watch wrestling anymore. I had to step away from the ledge after the lunchbox. In addition to racial stereotypes that they are using, there's also this question of just women in general and this reaction to the women's liberation movement. Yeah. Are these women empowering themselves? Mm-hmm. Are they being exploited? Is there a line between the two that gets blurred? I think it's true. I think they are both empowering mm-hmm. themselves personally and earning money in the process, using their bodies for their personal health as well as uh, entertainment of others, but in a completely straightforward way. Yeah. But are they any more exploited than the men doing professional wrestling or music. I think so. Yeah. You know, there's still an element of quote-unquote selling out. Ruth does struggle with that. She's like, what am I doing here? I'm getting paid. Okay, but am I being a good feminist? Yeah. By its very definition, this is all about subjecting yourself to the male gaze yes. for entertainment and gratification. Absolutely, yeah. That's still a debate that's going on within the uh. circles of feminists. I mean, you have Bell Hooks, who wrote many fabulous books about feminism is really critical of Beyonce because she says that Beyonce is being exploited and setting a bad example and la-di-da and a lot of people are stepping up to that and saying no Beyonce's feminism personified right there's still a big pull within the social justice feminisming circles when I was talking about how you can tell what society is concerned about the very fact that glow was popular at this time the women's liberation movement is not that old at this Mm -mm. point. And they talk about it on the show, too. What are you, like, one of those crazy women's libbers? Yeah. You know, they mention it several times. So nowadays it's like, oh, are you one of those feminist SJWs? And there's progress. There's this backlash against it from the status quo and everybody else who feels like they're getting left behind and is struggling with it. So I think this is kind of a little bit of both. The individual women do feel empowered. They definitely do because they're becoming physically more powerful and they're learning all of these super cool moves and at one point Debbie is like I'm in my body and that's the first time that I've felt like that since I had the baby I don't belong to my husband I don't belong to my son I belong to myself and that's kind of what you're going for but at the same time she's doing this in the service of the male gaze and it's just mostly about women dominating one another and then spanking each other is kind of what it ends up being focused on. 
literally. Even as a seven or eight year old kid, when I would watch Glow, I could tell that this was extremely sexual, <laughs> the wrestling matches. Yes. I was like, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> you don't get that sense from the guys. There are women in men's wrestling, but they're the sidekicks and girlfriends and things like that yeah. that you fight over. Yeah. Like Miss Elizabeth in wrestling, they literally had huge battles over. When they have the whole mind control plot, <laughs> those are actual plots from wrestling that I totally believed. Like I said, kids are dumb. Kids are dumb. <laughs> oh, bless. Kids are mean and dumb. Mean and dumb. They get better. You grow up, you get better. This idea of something that can maybe be personally liberating for you, but maybe also contribute to mm -hmm. messages that harm others. I think that's an interesting line that it's exploring with body slams. I don't see the difference between the women wrestlers here and in terms of what they do and athletes on a running field or ballet dancers or anyone else who does performance or athletic. I understand that it's the method of dress and the behavior is slightly different. While wrestling may be fake, the athleticism is not. No. No, it's hard work. I tell you, as someone who's actually done this, it really is a lot of work. And it's a running around and jumping and picking people up and throwing them. It's not easy. Go on YouTube and just look up, like, WWWF. The difference is that the glow is designed to excite men in many different ways, right? Like, if you look at, for example, a CrossFit competition that has women in it, that is pretty much purely about the athleticism of the yeah. participants. It's not really a beauty show and a softcore porn at the same time. Wrestling is yeah. those things, and that's the difference. When we talk about the male gaze, it's male gaze is, I guess you could explain it as, it's meant to elicit the pants feels in heterosexual men we're supposed to be in service of that so let's incite the pants feels <laughs> Wow. It just doesn't get any better, does it? Even if you decide not to watch Glow, watch the last 15 minutes of the last episode where they actually have the title matches that take place. It's really good. It's pretty awesome. It's really good. It's really good. It's very good. There's a lot of things that get touched on in this show that I really appreciated, especially in terms of reproductive justice, the overarching choosing to be a parent or not, and the struggle of childbirth or losing a child. They go into a whole miscarriage storyline a little bit there and that was brutal and cruel that was horrific sam is an awful awful person well, let's just kind of leave it at that in so many ways and also we don't talk about her much but melrose she's awful she's kind of a garbage person she's just a garbage person she really she really, really is <laughs> to borrow from girl boss i mean she's supposed to be the like la party girl that's mm -hmm. character and who she is sam and melrose they're gonna end up sleeping together in the next season i think he's gonna try and sleep with everyone <laughs> just kind of ticking it off probably except for welfare queen and uh, Pachu pichu because he <laughs> seems like the kind of guy that would have a no fatties rule i'm saying this as a fat woman <laughs> actually well you know how far he'll go well you're talking the, about the uh, plot line with his with his bit on the side britannica yeah how many different plot lines we have here. I was referring to a whole different sexual scandal. Also, you know what? Props for having 
having an abortion arc that normalizes the medical procedure that some women choose to do when they do not want to continue a pregnancy. And that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. I said to a friend, I was talking about this show to a friend just the other day, I said, if more blokes saw that sort of thing, they'd think twice about misbehaving, <laughs> or at least they'd act with a bit more responsibility and care to their partners. Mm-hmm. They knew that was the horror that they'd have to go through. A little bit of empathy goes a long way. And Yeah. I had never seen anything like that before that show. It's not graphic or gruesome. It's very medical, and you get the sense of how invasive it is. But it's harrowing. Yeah, it really is. And how awkward it is. I've not had one. I know plenty of people who do, but I think it's a lonely experience for people who have had abortions because there's literally crowds of people screaming at you as you go in to have this medical procedure. So in addition to the soap opera drama and the awesome wrestling fight scenes, you do get a show that is much deeper than it would appear on the surface. Absolutely. Agreed. Definitely. And awesome 80s music and cocaine robots. (laughs) Yes. Cocaine robot. That hair. The hairstyles. And a diversity of bodies. It's true. There's a lot of nudity on here. You know, there's a diversity of different women's bodies who are in the wrestling. It's pretty fabulous, I thought. There is, like the Welfare Queen, Machu Picchu. Junk Chain. I was thinking about the athleticism. She's like the junkyard dog character from wrestling. (laughs) Okay. It's so offensive. (laughs) You don't know the junkyard dog? No, I have no idea what that is. So it's a black guy with a bunch of chains. Oh. Even describing it now, looking back on it, I'm like, oh. Oh. Who's like half animal, half man. Now I understand Cherry's conflict. So I was like, I don't really understand this character. Like, clearly she's not happy with it, but there must be some kind of subtext. So now I understand what with the chains. Okay. Oh my God. Like I said, wrestling uses the power of simplification and stereotypes Mm, to mm, give you things to fear and cheer for and against. Straight up in your face, racism. Pretty much. Well, it's like, right, you'll see news stories about a wrestler in Appalachia. Was it the liberal agenda, I think is? Oh, God. Oh, no. Who's like the heel? Legend. (laughs) Oh, no, he's the heel, because of course he's the heel. Of course he's the heel, Mm. yeah. Trying to bring health care to us. How dare Jesus. you? <laughs> How dare you look out for our best interest? <laughs> so he enters the ring. He's always wearing Hillary Clinton oh. campaign gear. And yeah, he's the like liberal elite, mm-hmm. you know, intelligentsia, social justice warrior. You can see what people fear and hate is always embodied in these wrestling characters. Yeah. So am I the heel or is Alistair the heel? I think, Hannah, you're going to be the face because you're America. You're Texas, right? Mm-hmm. DJ Old English over here is a stuffy Brit. Mm-hmm. His fancy pants ways are not going to fly in America. Well, I think you'll find that I'll make them fly in America, <laughs> whether you like it or not. God save the Queen, and boo sucks to Harry Hun. What? What? You've lost us. You what is that British. last part? That, whoa. Never go full British. You lost us. <laughs> it was Blackadder. Give uh-huh. him a damn good British-style thrashing. For my rating, I actually was kind of on the fence for this show until the actual last episode where they had the wrestling match and got to see everything come together. And it brought back so many memories for me that elevated it up another notch. I think I will give it three and a half. Wrestling is a soap opera. I'm going to go and give it 
four montages out of five. Very 80s. They're good. Oh, oh, you know what? No, no, no. I take that back. I'm going to give it four awkward aerobics scenes out of five. <laughs> and I will give it three and a half glittery unibrows. I survive. Making your way in the world today. Takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries. Sure would help a lot. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to get away? From this podcast? Here's how you can tell she's from Texas. I'm proud to be an American. Shut your dirty British mouth. That's a great song. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great song. For a great country, America. It's garbage, but it makes my heart beat hard. <laughs> Can't help it. Have you been to the Texas State Fair? I did just eat some chicken fried steak. <laughs> I just ate some deep fried butter at the Texas State Fair. I really want to try that. And country biscuits and gravy. Mmm. Oh, do not knock biscuits and gravy. It is so good. Oh, I will. It's disgusting. You people don't know how to eat breakfast. <laughs> I will give you a British breakfast is very good, but biscuits and gravy? Mmm. Fuck you. Oh, shit. America. Mm-mm-mm. Every week, we each bring a show to consider watching. We vote for a show, and we cannot vote for our own show. The show with the most votes is our next show to watch and review. I'm kind of conflicted on this one. It, it popped up on my Netflix original thingies as I was about to watch some more of House of Cards. Yes! Really which it's really good i'm having to take a break because i really don't enjoy inviting the underwoods into my living room for hours and hours at a time because they're horrible people i am going to nominate netflix's gypsy starring naomi watts and billy kudra it is a show about a therapist who goes bad very bad it says she becomes quote-unquote too immersed in the lives of her patients which Probably means she starts sleeping with them. So if you want a fabulous Hannah rant about inappropriate therapist things, this is your pick for this week. I'm probably going to go off. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just break it down for you. Like why this is bad. I'm not a huge fan of anime, but I am a child who grew up in the 80s and loves Castlevania. So there's a Netflix original anime for Castlevania, which is kind of the origin story for the vampire in Castlevania and all of that. It looks awesome. I don't really like anime, so if I say something looks awesome, I think it's going to be pretty spectacular. Is El Chapo. El Chapo is a story of the rise, capture, and escape of the notorious drug kingpin from south of the border. Oh, the tunnel guy. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Interesting chat. I'm sure he's got a lot to say about it, and I think we'd all like to hear about drugs and violence. <laughs> Is there a drug robot? I'm going to vote for Castlevania. I'm kind of torn here. Gypsy, when I was reading the description, my first thought was, I wonder what Hannah will have to say about this. <laughs> So I think I have to go with the inappropriate therapist and vote for Gypsy. I'm not a massive fan of anime, but I do remember Castlevania and uh, I'm interested. However, I also would love to hear what Hannah has to say about inappropriate therapy. Gypsy it is. All right. I think this is custom made for us to hear the Texas Terror. (laughs) (laughs) The Texas Terror. Lasso up a twister and write it in. So that was Glow. You can find all kinds of nerd shenanigans 
shenanigans, including our other podcasts, Four Color Nerds Comic Book Reviews at fourcolornerds.com or our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. On Stitcher. On SoundCloud. And on Podcast Addict. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Be sure to come back next week for another episode. Until then, keep streaming, nerds. Adios, muchachos. Take toodle pip.